News Bites and Insights from the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers. I'm Rob Boyce, Director of Market Intelligence and Insights here at the Council. I'm joined today by Josh Mata, Founder and CEO of The Coalition, an MGA focused on cyber insurance and tech E&O. To start things off, let's talk about your background and your entry into the insurance world. Where did you first see the opportunity in the cyber insurance and tech E&O space? Sure, yeah. In, in, in many respects, Coalition is really the culmination of, of everything I've done uh, throughout my career. So I was, I was fortunate to start off at a young age as a software engineer at, at Microsoft and uh, later worked for, for one of the U.S. intelligence services um, before leaving to actually go into the financial services with Goldman Sachs, which was sort of my first exposure into the management of risk and um, insurance techniques, although it wasn't traditionally insurance. Uh, and then more recently, you know, I've really just been an entrepreneur. I've been building, building businesses, building technology companies. And what sort of struck me in, in each of those uh, areas was uh, how important technological risk, and particularly the management of technological risk, was to a modern corporation, right? I mean, the world is, has fundamentally changed. It took 68 years for, for 50 million people uh, to use an airplane, whereas it took nine minutes for 50 million people to use Pokemon Go, right? Um, and so there's just been a lock shift in the way the world's changed, and yet the risk the risks of using technology are growing. Um, and, and frankly, the accepted solutions for those risks, um, which are largely technology-based, so cybersecurity, um, frankly, aren't up to the challenge. And as you know, I took a step back and looked you know, a, a, across my career at sort of what tools were available to help right. companies solve cyber risk, you know, I knew that they couldn't solve that risk until they couldn't eliminate the risk, however, they could eliminate the cost of it. And that's, of course, where insurance and risk transfer became a critical component. And, you know, here I am today uh, in the insurance industry, certainly not something I would have thought Absolutely. after working at Microsoft, you know, CIA or, or anywhere else. Well, yeah, so, so going off that, um, obviously Coalition offers a variety of products and services with insurance just being, right. just being one of them. Could you talk a little bit about your product and... and entirely what Coalition is offering to its customers. Yeah, absolutely. So our mission is to solve cyber risk. Um, and by solving cyber risk, I don't mean solving cybersecurity failure. Right. Uh, things will fail and, and you know bad things will happen to good companies. Uh, solving cyber risk for us means working with our clients to prevent uh, that exposure before it happens. And so that's using data and technology in a very novel way mm -hmm. and making that available for free to our clients, right? So democratizing access to cybersecurity technologies, right? And that's one of the greatest barriers, particularly for small and medium businesses, is that you know these, these technologies are expensive um, and therefore they're not being used. So we work with our clients to prevent. During an instant, uh, we have an on-staff team of forensics and, and instant responders, as well as uh, privacy attorneys. Uh, who can work with our clients, again, outside of their policy mm -hmm. retention, outside of the limit, uh, to help put out the fire, so to speak. So right. in, in every sense of the word, we are 911 for our customers. And then, of course, after an instant, you know, we have built you know, what we believe is one of, if not the most comprehensive insurance policies in this space, um, with up to 10 million limits to help businesses recover financially to where they were before the bad, the, the bad thing happened, if you will. So okay. it's really a before, during, and after approach. And it's doing so in a way where our incentives are aligned with our customers, right? Like right. we are fierce defenders uh, of our customers because we have a, a significant financial interest in making sure that uh, you know we're not paying out insurance claims um, unnecessarily. Right. So yeah, you, you mentioned that Coalition offers up to 10 million in coverage. 
So that being said, who's your target customer, um, and does Coalition have any plans to move upstream? Yeah, so so today we focus on small and medium businesses yeah. in the United States, and so we sort of arbitrarily define that as uh, 250 million in revenue and below. And you know, that's, there's there's certainly there's you know an estimated 29 and a half million companies just in the United States that are sort of within our box, uh, if you will, our underwriting box, and and we write all of them, right? Every industry, every size, one employee, thousands of employees, and you know, I would say in the future. You know, while we're very much focused on serving this this market, and, and we think that we think that risk transfer is the cyber the solution for cybersecurity, right. the solution for cyber risk management for small business in particular. Um, you know, we do have plans to expand. You know, outside of the United States, um, we also have plans to to again expand more solidly into the middle market as well. So, Josh, you've uh, you've mentioned that um, coalition's policy goes. Back well beyond uh, just covering for traditional cyber loss. I know you've mentioned pollution and, and other areas. Can you expand on kind of what you're offering in your when it comes to your insurance product? Right, absolutely, yeah. So look, we think of cyber as a form of peril, right? And, and so what are the different loss types that can arise uh, as the result of either a technology failure or a, a security failure? And, you know, what many people don't realize is that, you know, everything is a computer these days, right? <laughs> like, our thermostats are computers, our tea kettles are computers, um, certainly our planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, and, you know, if these things can fail, you can have very real-life consequences. You know, we, um, pollution, bodily injury, property damage. Um, these are things that we are able to affirmatively cover on our form. Uh, there's also some interesting you know, gaps that, that you know, as practitioners and, and having lived and seen you know, thousands of different cyber incidents, uh, you know, we, we were able to create coverages for those. So for example, uh, many, many companies um, uh, you know, will, will face malware attacks, right. right? And that malware will often corrupt uh, data and even the firmware on that computer. Um, of course, it stops short of actually setting the computer on fire. And so there is no property coverage if you want to replace your computer system, right? Because there's no tangible damage. But meanwhile, traditional cyber insurance policies don't cover that, right? And so we affirmatively provide coverage for uh, computer replacement. Right. Uh, reputational loss, it's, a, it's an intangible that can often be difficult to cover. Like we will affirmatively cover the consequential reputational harm uh, to a business. And so, you know, uh, we, we also have attempted to evolve as because criminals have, have evolved. And so, you know, we're the first market to offer uh, service fraud coverage. And so, um, you know, if now that businesses are using third-party services, cloud services, software as a service, everything as a service, um, you know, it, it, that's a very attractive target for a criminal to, to take your resources and use them. So using your computational power to mine uh, Bitcoin or crypto assets, you know, that's a very common form of fraud. Not covered on most cyber insurance policies, but that's another area we've been able to react. So it's just a how do we continuously innovate and continuously, you know, make sure that we're covering the exposures that real companies are facing. Absolutely. So I mean, you mentioned you know several things there, and, and business interruption comes to mind. How do y'all price around something this intangible like reputational damage or business interruption? Yeah, yeah. You know, it 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 certainly can be a challenge, um, and that's where you know I think from a claims perspective, it's very important to have a dedicated um, in-house capability to perform forensic level analysis to understand exactly how an attack affected a company. And so in our case, it's how do we ensure the consequential loss of net income as the result of 
you know, a diminishment in reputation. And so, you know, that, that, that obviously involves looking, you know, deep into the, the company's financials, um, forensically looking at exactly what happened and how it impacted, a, impacted the company, uh, and then, you know, making an assessment. And right. so, you know, it's, it's definitely that, that part of cyber insurance is certainly more art than science at this Absolutely. point, but we're attempting to inject as much science as we possibly can. Right. Very, very interesting. And so Coalition also obviously has a very different strategy, combining, you know, front-end cyber services, a cyber insurance product, all the way to, you know, post-breach response. Um, right. Is that, would you say that's your main differentiator? Like, how, how would Coalition really differentiate itself from its competitors? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I certainly think that that, that it, you know, it really depends on who do you consider our competitors, right? right. And in some sense, our, our competition is, the cybersecurity industry, right? And so I think we've differentiated ourselves by truly solving a problem, right? Where, you know, if, if I were to sell you some sort of device to protect your network and it failed, um, you know, as a technology company, I have next to no liability. I'm not going to help pay for your business interruption losses or, you know, your, the forensics costs. In this case, you know, we have delivered a, a radically different solution for this problem. If you sort of think of competitors as, you know, other insurance companies, you know, I think a lot of the innovation is, is using data um, in a way that others have not been able to do, right? Okay. And so providing risk assessments, providing these services, um, and leveraging our collection to solve what is a joint problem, right? Both the broker and coalition have an interest in managing risk for the client. And I think what we've been uh, innovative at is um, building tools for brokers to do that, like to do their jobs better, if you will. So yeah, so you've mentioned, uh, kind of going off that, Coalition is a licensed broker in, in all 50 states. Right. Uh, and I believe you're writing on Swiss Re and, and Argo paper. Is That's that, correct. Is that correct, yeah. So um, what about, where are you primarily uh, placing this? Is it through the admitted markets or excess and surplus lines? Yeah, so um, today we are in the non-admitted market. Okay. Um, and so all of our policies are non-admitted, um, although we are working uh, on an admitted product and and have made a substantial amount of progress uh, on that front. And that will be on, on Swiss Re's uh, admitted paper. Great. So yeah, as a licensed MGA, Coalition has the, the capability to rate, quote, bind, the whole process in a matter of minutes. Right. Uh, can you speak to the role that data plays in this process, uh, where you're getting the data, as well as just Coalition's underlying technology? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fortunately, we live uh, at a time where there is more data than there ever has been in, in all of human history, and that, that amount is only increasing day by day. Um, and so while, you know, there's, there's often, uh, the often, oftentimes the remarks are made that, you know, there's not enough data to underwrite this risk, when in reality there's an enormous amount of data. It's just how do you go about collecting it? And so that's fortunately a problem that having come from the technology industry, having come from the intelligence world and the signals intelligence world, we have a great deal of experience with. And so... Uh, instead of building a signals intelligence system for the purposes of, you know, uh, the national defense or espionage or whatnot, like, you know, we've repurposed it for underwriting insurance, um, as, as attractive as that is. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's a very large collection mechanism for all information that's on the Internet, right? We want to look at our customers, at our policyholders, just like a real-life cyber criminal would, um, you know, we also want to look at them and look for different points of failure, architectural weakness, where a technological disruption, you know, one that perhaps has nothing to do with a security right. failure, could also um, create a significant loss. So, so while we're on the topic of technology and, and differ differentiation, uh, do you have any patents on, on your algorithms or other pro uh, proprietary information? Uh, so, yeah, in general, what's Coalition's competitive advantage here? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, most of what we have built would probably be better classified as a trade secret than something that was truly something we would want to patent. Um, mm -hmm. uh, interestingly enough, when you, when you obviously, when you file a patent, you're revealing quite a bit of information about what it is you're patenting. Um, so there, there's a couple things that we're working on, but, you know, by and large, um, our competitive advantage is a, is a data advantage, right? Um, it's whoever has the most data and the greatest ability to execute and act upon that data has a sustained competitive advantage, right? And so, you know, we're, we obviously have um, somewhat of a first mover advantage as if you were to think about what we're doing as a brand new type of product. Uh, and the more customers and the more data that we gather um, continue to um, create that advantage. I think the other thing is, is, you know, as a business, you know, we think about how do we commoditize our complements. So the democratization of cybersecurity technology, you know, that's something that, you know, we believe will be disruptive in the cybersecurity market, um, which is things that used to cost money, we will provide for free. Right. Um, and, and it's in the public's interest to do that. Uh, and, and largely the reason we're able to do that is because we are an insurance provider, right? Like, we've been able to liberate ourselves from the technology business model of data monetization, um, because we have an insurance business model, and so we're able to give the data away for free. So there's a whole host of things that I think that we can do, and, and a lot of it's just innovation. It's creating a culture of innovation. It's talent. It's building a team of, um, you know, building, building an insurance company. I, I don't know what the future insurance company will look like, but in our case, you know, 65% of our team are software engineers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think these are all things that, you know, give, a, give us a competitive advantage for some time, but you know, the world is changing very quickly and we'll have to react as well. Right. So yeah, on, on the topic of automation and, and streamlining this rate, quote, bind process, yeah. um, do you believe any part of the, the way rate, quote, and bind process cannot be replaced by technology that's totally dependent on, on the human? Uh, I mean, our experience is that, you know, all of the rate, I mean, the only part that is hard to replace uh, without a human in this case is, uh, is, is really sort of the function of a very good broker, right? It's someone who innately understands the client, the company, um, what's important to them, their business model, what assets they have, and then that also understands the, how the insurance project, uh, product functions. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't think we're going to be replacing that anytime soon. And, you know, we're, we're, for, for an insure tech company, we're somewhat different in that we exclusively work through brokers. Like, right. we believe that this needs to be a broker transaction. What we can do, however, is uh, take all the other administrative things when it comes to rating, quoting, and binding uh, that cause the, everyone pain, and we can automate all of those, right? And we can make it very simple, and I'd, I'd say that's something that you know, we're constantly improving at, but we have great feedback from brokers on, hey, if you could only do this, um, and, and we love that. We love that feedback. So yeah, I mean, one of, one of my favorite things that, that you explained to me is you know, you have underwriting authority, yet you don't have any underwriters. Right. Which is just, just yeah, fascinating. Yeah, in the traditional sense, certainly. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, so going off that, um, you know, you mentioned that you're selling through brokers. Um, right. So those are essentially your broker partners. Why did Coalition yeah. choose this route, and, and have you ever thought about going direct? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're very much committed, you know, to what I would refer to as a B2B2B model. So business to business to business. Right. Um, and, you know, part of it is, you know, our, our expertise, like, you know, we are, we are technologists, right? Like, we, we want to build a great insurance product. We want to build a great technology product. And we are a product-focused company, right? Um, and we're obsessed about that. You know, we also have to recognize what we aren't, right? We're, we are not, you know, like the sales and marketing machine and engine. Uh, and it requires, you know, a remarkable amount of capital to do that. 
also, you know, kind of going back to the, the prior question, you know, s cyber insurance is, is complicated. Um, you know, there's no two policies that are the same. And so, uh, you know, working with a broker, I think, is very important for a company, right? I think it'd be, you know, I think it's possible maybe for smaller companies, and there certainly is a segment of the market that's underserved because it's, it's hard for a broker to profitably serve a, a very a micro business. But with that said, um, you know, we've, we've been very committed to working with, with, uh, with brokers, uh, and it's, it's really given us, I think, an edge in terms of the ability to scale the platform, the ability to get data and collect that faster than we otherwise would have. Um, so it's, it's, made, it's, been, it's been compelling for us. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your, your leadership structure, and then you talked about, you know, in the, a culture of innovation. Um, sure. So couple things off that. How does your background change your approach to cyber insurance versus the traditional insurance executive? And then, um, and then secondly, would you say there's a clear distinction between, you know, your, your tech-focused employees versus the ones who come from an insurance background? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, I think of it as, you know, uh, we're very first principles oriented. And so by first principles, it's, you know, let's identify a problem. And in this case, it was, um, you know, the failure of cybersecurity to actually secure right. um, most companies. And, you know, how do we strip that down to its core and understand how to, you know, how to approach this problem differently, right? Because very clearly what's been happening in the cybersecurity industry, you know, while in some cases effective, has not solved the problem. Um, and that's where, you know, I didn't start off at the onset of building this company with the desire to go into insurance, right? Okay. Insurance sort of was the output of that process, of that first principles thinking of how do we fundamentally solve this? So that was, a, that was certainly a big component. We also, I, I kind of use the term the job to be done. You know, whenever building a company, you need to understand what is the job your customer is trying to do, right? Okay. If they buy your product or they use your service, you know, I think of it as they're hiring, you know, uh, they're hiring us to perform a service. Mm -hmm. So how do we help them uh, do that job better? Whether that's a broker, whether that's a policyholder. And so, you know, if you can really latch on to first principles thinking and the job to be done, you can oftentimes find novel solutions to problems that had never been thought of before. And I think one of our strengths as we've thought about staffing the business is we want to be very careful about hiring people who are so ingrained into the way things have always been done mm -hmm. because it's impossible to innovate, right? Their first instinct and reaction is naturally to uh, go back to what they know. And so by really bringing together this motley, um, motley crew, <laughs> if you will, literally, uh, of people who've come out of the intelligence community, out of the insurance world, out of the technology world, you know, we have all been able to kind of put our heads together and do things that have just never before been done or seen by the brokers that we're working with. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been great. And I, and I think it's important that we continue to catalyze that, right? Because mm -hmm. it's hard for any company as it grows to uh, keep that innovative spirit, right? right? So yeah, going off that growth, uh, I mean, can we speak, can you speak to your firm's current business strategy? I mean, you've, you've been on our radar for some time now and you've experienced tremendous growth trajectory uh, uh -huh. over the past, I believe, nine months or so, yeah. uh, especially compared to other players in, in the space. Uh, how has Coalition dealt with this and, and scaled along with their, your current growth? Yeah, um, I've certainly not gotten as much sleep, I think, recently, <laughs> but, um, but uh, no, I mean, we've been, we've been very, uh, we've been humbled um, by, you know, how quickly the company has grown, but we also continue to be humbled by the magnitude of the task in front of us. And so, you know, I, I think it's really, it's, it's, it's having a purpose. Like, mm -hmm. we are very focused um, on what it is that we want to achieve. 
we are very focused on doing anything we can to help our customers. And, you know, we, we, we are going to continue to innovate in that space and continue to grow. Um, you know, I think the other is, um, you know, again, continuing to advance, like, how do we better understand how we can help brokers, right? How can we more, how can we help them to help us is in, in, in sort of is, is maybe the Jerry Maguire way to say <laughs> it. But, um, and, you know, I think we've been able to do very interesting things there, right? So because we have been able to automate underwriting, because, you know, we automate almost the entire process of the rate quote bind issuance process, that opens up a lot of interesting business opportunities gotcha. for our, our partners. So, for example, they can now bulk quote like their entire renewal book, right? They can bulk quote their entire book if they want and, you know, put in their producer's hands, uh, you know, a, a quotation of insurance that they can, you know, attempt to sell. So there's, there's a lot of innovative things that we've been able to do as, as a result of some of the, the technological um, uh, innovation and features we've built. Gotcha. Well, well, I want to end on a, on a big, uh, big picture question and looking into the future. So, sure. uh, so what do you think Coalition's biggest opportunity lies going forward, and what are your current priorities uh, in, in the terms of where you expect to be in, in the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah. Um, so when I say humbled by the magnitude of the task in front of us, you know, we've, we're very fortunate to have, you know, thousands and thousands of customers at this point, but there are 29.5 million companies in the United States that have under 250 million in revenue, kind of the threshold that we're currently operating within. And so we've, we've hardly scratched the surface. So, you know, I think the biggest opportunity for us, you know, over the next 12 to 18 months will be how can we uh, more closely work with our distribution partners and access the millions of companies that, that neither of us are currently working with, right? And so you'll start to see some some interesting things that we do in that space, but I don't want to give any spoilers. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll stay tuned. And, uh, well, Josh, it was, a, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us for Council Cast. Council Cast. And uh, on behalf of the, the, the council, we're really excited to see what's in store for you guys and, and looking forward to a, a bright future, I'm, I'm sure. Um, again, this is, this is Council Cast. Uh, be sure to tune in next time and follow us on Twitter uh, at the CIAB. Thanks again.